Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of Six Point Weekend. And I've got a special for you. It's another Six Point Weekend Express. I'm here. I'm Jonathan. Next to me is Dave. What's up? It's actual Dave, not not Dave, but actual real Dave. He's actual, back from Portland. Actual real Dave is back from the Pacific Northwest and ready to drop some knowledge on y'all. Oh, he's here. We had Hot Take Mario as, as not Dave, but we have Dave here with some real hot takes as well. But before we get there... Tell you who brings us here today, Tasty Beverage Company. We're sponsored by them. Visit them. Tell them Six Point Weekend sent you. Get a free koozie. We're also part of the beautiful, beautiful game network, bgn.fm. Friends of the pod, soccer and sweet tea, hashtag SNST fam. And also, if you like what we do, you can visit us on a Patreon, patreon.com slash Six Point Weekend. And this is Six Point Weekend brought to you by Hot Dogs, the official sandwich of Six Point Weekend. We are live. Oh, definitely a sandwich. We are live and on location at the beautiful London Bridge Pub, one of our great sponsors as well. Thank you to them for the space. And yes. Man, uh, this place was jumping during the NWSL final. Dave, you were jumping in the stands over at Providence Park. Yes, I was. Providence Park was loaded down with uh, Thorn supporters, of course. You know, our reward for having one of the best seasons in NWSL history <laughs> uh, is to have to play the second place team on their turf. Did they even pretend that it was a neutral side game no, at all? No, yeah, no. I didn't think so. They, they didn't pretend that at all. And you know they didn't pretend that at all because you remember last year when we started dropping a few F-bombs at Portland. We were a little frustrated yeah. in the second half of that game. We were also in a section directly next to the Riveters, right? Well, that is true. <laughs> but, you know, we, we did that once, and the stewards immediately came down and said, hey, guys, save that for MLS. And, okay. Well, apparently they don't have any qualms at all <laughs> about Portland dropping as many F-bombs as they like at that, you know, at that game. So the Riveters, of course, started the game by building a bonfire, putting the courage in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, there was just a lot of very, very loud fuck the courage chants. And that's fine. I, I, personally, I have nothing against it. I'm just saying, you know, be, be equal. <laughs> yeah. You know, treat everyone equally. Either we can say fuck or we can't. I mean, that's a good point. You know? It's a good point. Because we, we always get policed at home. You know, not not to go on a tangent or be any sort of way about it, but it's just a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. um, we're told, you know, don't say such and such at home for the Courage matches. Well, we can do whatever the hell we want for uh, for the Wales matches. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't get it. I really don't get it. Like we're always vocal supporters. We're gonna support both of these teams equally. Yes, we are. Because we love them equally, and we're gonna go hard as hell for them equally. And I mean, that's what y'all did in the corner. Oh, we did. Y'all had what? Twenty people, if that. Oh, we had more than that. I okay. Think. I think I'd say we probably had close to fifty. Oh, nice. Total. So we actually had a pretty decent turnout, and um, it was a much bigger crowd at the pub before the game. Because uh, Jared Campbell, former leader of Triangle Soccer Fanatics, and in fact, still sort of the leader of Triangle Soccer Fanatics, mm -hmm. is just they're dormant right now. Uh, he organized the uh, pregame meetup at uh, the Kingston Sports Pub in, 
in Portland, mm-hmm. right across the street from Providence Park. And oh, that's nice. It was like this little sort of alcove for Courage supporters, a little safe space, perhaps. Um, and Steve Malik was there. Um, Kurt Johnson was there. Sammy Mewis's parents were there. Very nice people. That's super they cool. They were plying Steve Malik with drinks, which was kind of funny. <laughs> um, and uh, several, several Courage supporters were there as well. Um, and... You know, we all just sort of hung out before the game, talked a little bit, and then, of course, we get there, get into the stands, and we're, of course, stuck in this little corner section. We have all these TIFOs that Zach gave me to take to the game, Mm -hmm. and we don't really have any place to put them. (laughs) No. I mean, we we, we were able to lay out the Courage Country, the Krispy Kreme-based TIFO, right in front of our section. I saw that. They got a lot of airtime. Yeah, but that was sort of like on a, like a, the top of a dugout practically so it was kind of hard to actually see it and we were able to hang up the uh our uh courage country uh, wonder woman comic book cover nice TIFO, uh up in the far corner and but the most we were able to do beyond that was you know the two pole that i was holding up for most of the game and the cleaning up the weeds uh tifo that we were able to put up Right before the game. I'm not sure if that got on camera or not. God bless real mom Rory. I love that TIFO so much. Yes. It's a a fantastic (laughs) TIFO. And I think it just made the, you know, the Portland fans boo just a little bit louder. So, but then we get into the game, of course, and the Courage are just absolutely dominant. I don't think we will ever stop talking about how... (laughs) absolutely dominant this team was yeah all season and and they scored the first goal of the match in front of you yeah pretty much i mean it was right there i saw dominia's header go in we just started partying from that point on we were we were partying and we heard um a a number of uh, portland fans before the game that were starting to chant what's if What's it like to, what's it like to, what's it like to see a crowd? You know, completely oblivious to the fact that we had more than 9,000 here in a 10,000-seat arena for yeah, our we, final home game. Yeah, we pack out all the time. Just yeah. be, be salty. It's whatever, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Do 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 your Portland thing. Whatever. We, we, we fill up. Our, our, we fill up Salem Stadium at Wake Med Soccer Park. At the end, I tried to get back at them and shout, what's it like to, what's it like to give up three goals at home? Yeah. And also, you know, shield curse, whatever. Yeah, blah, what curse? blah. Harry blah. Kane scored in August. Whatever. Yeah, that still hurts. That still hurts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you were there. You got to party with the team afterward. Uh, did you get a chance to hold the trophy? I did not get the opportunity to hold the trophy. Uh, unfortunately, I had to make my way. I was actually staying in Seattle. Mm-hmm. for the weekend so i had to make my way back before i could do really anything with the team after the game um i will say this uh the portland staff was incredibly friendly to us uh th- throughout the throughout the entire match in terms of you know making sure that we had our representation there for everyone to see so they were helping us out with tifos they were helping us out with you know, placement and things like that. That's and super awesome. Yeah, they were the staff there. They have their shit down. They're very good. The fans, of course, were just you know. <laughs> fans will be fans. Fans will be fans. So you know, that's just nothing more you can say about that. Lots of uh, lots of you know, fuck the courage chance. Lots of booze for Jay Hinkle, and which you know you kind of expect, which only fueled her fire. Right. 
you know, she set up the second goal for Jess McDonald, which really you know, opened the game up for us. For sure. So, and, of course, the referees were also pretty good in that match. Overall, I felt like they called a pretty fair game. Did you see the All- Crystal Dunflop? Oh, yeah. We saw it as it happened. <laughs> we laughed our asses off. It's amazing. I, I really cannot get enough of it. I really can't. It was a beautiful thing. Um, one thing we talked about last week was about how you could hear the Portland fans booing when the Courage accepted the trophy. Um, they were they were salty to the end. <laughs> they really were. I mean, they were all literally chanting PTFC all the way through the trophy presentation. And I mean, they, they would not stop. And they did that to us during the semi. Like they were they were there as Red Stars fans first. And then Timbers fans. And then once we won, they're like, okay, yeah, whatever, PTFC during the end of the match. I'm like, okay, cool. Just like, just, I mean, credit to them. Be upfront about it. Y'all don't like us. Be loud about it. <laughs> you don't like us. We don't care. We really don't care. We I mean, really don't care. We've got the trophies now. So nothing you can say. Um, another thing we talked about last week, I posed this question because, like you said, we'll never stop talking about how dominant this team was. How are you adjusting and dealing with the fact that we might never see another season like this? Uh, <laughs> I have to be honest. As a sports fan in general, I can only think of a few times when we had when I've got to witness a season like this by any team that I support. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm a I'm a Duke Blue Devils fan. Been one since, you know, Johnny Dawkins was playing at the for Duke. Mm-hmm. And the ninety one ninety two team. You know, that won their second title in a row. That is the only other team that I can think of that I have supported that was as good as or had as dominant a season as this Courage team has had. And as a sports fan, you just, you know, you wonder some days, you know, when you're a fan, it's like, why the hell do I support this team? (laughs) I've been thinking that about Everton for like the last, I don't know, five years. Yeah. Um, But you do it because every once in a while something absolutely amazing happens. And those are the moments you live for. Yeah. And those are the moments you keep coming back to. And this Courage team is truly one of the best I've seen. It has been an absolute honor and a privilege to witness what they have accomplished. Paul, excuse me, Paul Riley, coach of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Abby Ursek, defender of the year. Yes. All completely well-deserved. Well um, I know that that one girl on Twitter is going to, you know, stand Becky Sauerbrunn for the rest of her days. But, and nothing against Becky Sauerbrunn. She's an amazing defender. They just literally could have picked any of our four starting, starting defenders, and either one of them could have been defender of the year. Pretty and much. could have been fine. Pretty much. But you know, to be quite honest, with the amount of goals that get scored all the time in the NWSL, the defenders in the league are top quality. Because you you have Sauerbrunn, you got um, Klingenberg, you've got our back four. Like, there's so many good defenders in our league. There really are, and it's always hard to pick. But shout out to Abby Urseg. I mean, she dominated. You look at Portland's defenders. You look at Seattle's defenders. I mean, everyone's got great players on this squad on their squads you know at least on the, at least in the top four i mean and even you know the lower you know teams in you know 
on the, in the table. You know, you look at Washington. A lot of people looked at that roster and thought, man, they're pretty stacked. Right. They could do something. You know, they suffered a lot of injuries. They had, they didn't really gel, you know, the way that they should have. You look at Orlando. They just had a bad year. It's hard to explain Orlando. <laughs> it's really it hard really to is. explain Orlando. You look Orlando. at the amount of talent on that squad, and it's like, how how did they end? They ended up finishing, what, like seventh? They have the FIFA Women's World Player of the Year, which, of course, like, we've... The Women's World Player of the Year is always, like, three years behind. Yeah, and, like, we've... Sam Kerr will win it when she's, like, 37 <laughs> and not playing anymore. Yeah, probably. Or, you know, McCall Zerboni will win it in two years for the season she had this year. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, they have the World Women's Player of the Year, Marta, and they still miss the playoffs from a playoff position. They miss the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's really They played hard. their way out of the playoffs it's, it's at the hard. end of the season. I really don't understand Which what I happened. kind of understand why Tom Sermani got fired after yeah. that. I mean, I mean, you just, well, what are you going to, what, what can you say? Yeah. What can you say except that the Courage are one of the best teams I have ever gotten to witness in any sport. And I already can't wait for next season. Oh, for sure. Uh, this was this was a Hall of Fame team, a Hall of Fame season, and just like you, you got to gild them, you put them on the wall, and you say, "All right, cool. It was great. It was fun. I mean, we're probably not going to reach that again, but we'll, we might win some more championships, but it would just never be another one loss season. Expectations will be high. <laughs> expectations going to be real. The expectations high. will be very high for next year. I'm actually curious to see who they end up drafting. Yeah, they ended up having the number five pick in the uh, in the college draft, which is still a few months away. So, and you know, a lot of things can change between now and then. But I mean, if they keep this roster together and avoid, you know, the kind of injuries that they have suffered in the past, you know, especially you know in 2017, they had a few injuries that kept them down, especially at the end of the season. This team could still be something special even next year, although they are going to have a much larger target on their back. For sure. Um, well, this will be probably about the last time that we'll be talking about the Courage um, on the podcast until next year, unless some other news items come up. But you still have a chance to see uh, the Courage players in action this week at Salem Stadium at Wake Med Soccer Park. USA! Trademark, yeah. U.S. Women's National Team will be here. Crystal Dunn, who is a forward that scores goals, but is listed as a defender, will be on the roster. I don't get it. I just do not get it. She'll be there with Abby Dahlkemper and... Sam Mewis. Sam Mewis. So I'm really looking forward to checking out the Women's National Team this weekend. Um, and especially the way that Sam Mewis has really come on at the end of the season. I mean, she had two fantastic games. Rockets only. In the playoff. Rockets only. And I'm very eager to see how she does now for the national team. Because if she performs for the national team the way she's, she did for the Courage during this playoff run and during these last few games, I don't see any way the U.S. does not qualify. For sure. For sure. We'll be back to talk about that um, in future episodes, and we'll take a short break and come back and talk about the dead whales. Um, if you want to be completely technical, it was a maximum point weekend. However, not the maximum points of the last matches they played since the last time we talked. We'll break that down when we get back from the break. You're listening to Six Point Weekend.
It's Six Point Weekend listeners coming up this weekend at Tasty Beverage Company. They'll have their first Friday Fun Fest. It'll be this Friday, October 5th from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the first Friday of every month. They contribute to downtown Raleigh's Night of Art, Music, and Dining with a delicious draft beer list and beers as cheap as $3. Who doesn't love First Friday? $3 for a beer? $3. Are you kidding me? Only at Tasty Beverage Company, downtown Raleigh. Be there. Welcome back to episode 31 of Six Point Weekend. I'm Jonathan. There's I'm Dave. Dave. Yeah. I'm Dave. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about some dead whales. Three points at home against um, a very, very tough opponent that turned out to be Richmond. It's funny how Richmond <laughs> is such a tough opponent against us. <laughs> When they they I mean they fall they fall down against everyone else in the league but up against us I mean I'm you would think that that rivalry would actually be something except for the fact that you know Richmond is going to self relegate itself yet again which is like the second or third time in its history that it's done that yeah it's it's weird it's weird so, so I they just I guess they just don't feel like they can compete or they have the finances to actually play in Division Two, which is odd because they seem to have the finances and wherewithal to play against us right. constantly and have really good games against us. I mean, in the table, the only team they're ahead of is TFC2, who, by the way, have 16 points now. TFC2 has 16 points. How did that happen? They have four wins and four draws. Well... Yeah. I, I guess they finally figured something out. Finally. Either and that or they just finally started playing some weaker sides. I mean, I don't know what happened, but I'll tell you what. We figured something out as well that win put us in the eighth. Um, we are at plus 10 goal differential. Nashville is in ninth with a plus 8 goal differential. Uh, 12 wins, 8 draws, 11 losses for the Wales. Nashville, 11 wins, 11 draws, 9 losses. Ottawa is ahead of us with 45 points. Beth Steele with 46. So we could really climb as high as 6th, um, especially since we have a, um, an extra game to play on Beth Steele and 2 on Ottawa Fury. So, I mean, really anything can happen The games the in hand are going to play a major role here in the next next few weeks because the fact that we have more opportunities for points is going to give us more opportunities for the playoffs for sure um which is good because we kind of blew an opportunity in charleston on midweek. yeah i guess we were we were trying to go desma our way away from that game weren't we i think so <laughs> I, we were it seemed like we were just playing for a draw in that game. And you knew we were playing for a draw right around the 84th minute when Pebo Due comes in for an attacking player. Mm-hmm. I think he came in for Kyle Becker, if I remember correctly. I mean, I'd, have to, I'd have to go back and look. I don't have the numbers in front of me. but Stuff I have to go the back defense. And look. Yeah. But that was essentially Colin Clark's plan was to stuff the defense and hold the draw. And I was watching this game, and there were not many opportunities on either side of this game. Tambacus had a few good saves, and we tried to make some opportunities. It was kind of hard to do without Daniel Rios in the lineup. And, of course, I had to be the idiot who goes on social media and says, this game could be played until the heat death of the universe, and it would still end in a nil-nil draw. And, of course, what happens? Charleston scored five minutes later. And then they scored again. I'm not going to apologize for it, okay? <laughs> I'm not the one who put Pebo Due in the game for an attacking midfielder. That's fair. That's all I'm going to say. You know, we were playing for the draw when we really 
should have been playing to win. You know, That's fair. I, I don't know why Mario Slomis did not come into this game. We should have been going in and attacking and trying to at least get a goal and keep Charleston off of the ball and keep them on the back foot. But instead, we decided it would be better for us to stay on our back foot. And I, well, you saw the result. So Charleston moves up to what five points in the Southern Derby Cup, and they will finish with five points. Six, six actually. Six points. You're right. Six points. We still have our four. Yes. And Matthews has one, one. I believe. Yeah. They are mathematically eliminated from the Southern Derby Cup. But they can play spoiler on us. So, got to be on it next weekend. Crazy to think yes. about. Yes. It's next weekend. And next October 13th. October 13th. It we'll is be the, the Matthews. final uh, North Carolina Derby of the season. And I can't wait. I have actually missed the first two. North Carolina derbies for a variety of reasons, and I'm not. Don't tell me I'm a bad fan. I no, no, no. I'm not telling you're a bad fan. I'm I've, just I've missed one of them for a courage match in Washington D.C. True, so. true. I've missed. I've missed the Charleston match here, but I was here for Matthews, and boy, it was a lit. Yeah, that. <laughs> I saw the highlights for that. That looked like it was so much fun. It was. It's. It's hard to put into words how much fun it was that night. Well, I'm looking forward to getting on the bus and. Having you know quite a fair amount of alcohol. Prior oh yeah, we're to the we're taking over the sportsplex at Matthews. Excellent trademark. Yes, <laughs> looking looking forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to that. So let's talk about the the playoff situation. Yep. Right now, and so NCFC now in eighth place, yep. as you mentioned earlier, forty four on forty four points. The first tiebreaker in USL. I know. You're you're gonna say it, and it's gonna make me roll my eyes. Total wins. <laughs> Which I don't understand. The tiebreaker everywhere else on the planet, including in MLS, I believe, is goal differential. Yes. But here, for some reason, in this league, it is total wins. Which means if we get a draw on Saturday against uh, Red Bulls 2, then we are still technically behind Ottawa in mm-hmm. the standings because we have they have win. 13 wins and we have 12. Which is so odd. American soccer going to American soccer. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. USL going to USL. I mean, yeah. I can't think of any, any other reason for it. But the number of important matches for playoff qualification here in the next few weeks, there are a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of them. Let me... Oh. Of course, the list goes away on me as soon as I pull it up. So here you go. So next Saturday, Dead Whales versus Red Bulls 2. This huge. Is, this is huge. This is truly a must-win game for the, for the Dead Whales and for the Red Bulls. I mean, they have to win this if they want to qualify for the playoffs. So someone has to win this game, which means both teams are going to go for it. So it is going to be a very intense match. But that's not the only intense match because you've got Indy 11 versus Bethlehem Steel. Mm -hmm. And Bethlehem Steel knows that they don't have as many opportunities to get points as either the Dead Whales, Nashville, or or Red Bulls, too. Yeah. No, they had. They can. No, that's get, right. That's right. They have Ottawa. You know, they can still get more points in Ottawa, obviously. But if Beth Steele wants to qualify for the playoffs, they have to go to Indy Eleven and get a result. So that's going to be a big game because mm-hmm. if they don't do that, 
the winner of NCFC versus NYRB2 could catch them and could take them down. So, And then Richmond versus Nashville. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's an awfully good draw right there for Nashville Yeah, when you think about it. Yes, it's an away match, sure, but it's against one of the worst squads in the league. But still, like Richmond seems to have powered up recently. Perhaps, it's hard to explain what's happened to them. Perhaps, maybe you know, maybe Richmond can get a result in this match. I'm not certain. I mean, Nashville, you know, they've been very inconsistent, you know, this year. Yeah. So it's hard to say. And then um, on October seventh, which is next Sunday, ATL two versus Charleston. And the battery will clinch a home playoff game with that win. Yeah, they will win. And, yeah. Hands down. They will win that game. <laughs> They're going to win. I don't see how Atlanta 2 wins that game. I just don't. So, And then you have midweek games next week. Yep. So Tuesday of next week, you've got Penn FC versus NYRB2. Yep. So that's another big game for the Red Bulls and another very winnable game for the Red Bulls, which makes this game for us all the more important. We have to go to Louisville City. Yep. And play on that that mud pit baseball f- field that they call that they call the turf. Yeah, and I mean this is where everything really turns up for us because we've got what three matches in what seven days, eight days. Yeah. And it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be very very tricky. And Louisville, of course, they're fighting for playoff position as well. So, and they're a really good squad. So that's one to watch out for. Nashville versus Toronto too. Which Nashville's so, getting a yeah. lot. <laughs> Here's the thing: like Nash- Nashville has to win at least one of those matches. Like they, yeah. they have to win at least one of them. Like, Richmond might catch them, but they can't lose to TFC two. No, they can't do they it. They cannot lose to <laughs> TFC two at all, at all. Especially considering they closed the season at home against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That even if Cincinnati's clinched at that point, they're still going to want to tune up for the playoffs, much the way you know the Courage did against the Houston Dash. Right. And so that is going to be a really, really tough game for Nashville. And then you look at the other games on 10-13. Of course, you know, North Carolina Derby. Ottawa versus Charleston, which is Ottawa's last game of the season. Mm-hmm. Charleston might still be fighting for a playoff position at that point. We don't know. Louisville versus Indy 11. That could have some potential implications. Indy only has two games left. They could fall apart in those two games. And with that being and a rivalry. And we could catch them. And the Indy-Louisville being a rivalry, who knows what will happen. That's true. That's true. Could be a very big rivalry match. And then you look at the final day of the season, uh, October 14th, Bethlehem Steel versus Tampa Bay. Mm. Red Bulls 2 versus Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, it's kind of fun being in a league that's this close. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so I, much fun. I won't lie. It, it is It is kind of fun to see, you know, when you have this many games that will mean this much to so many different clubs. You know, it's going to be a really exciting finish to the season. And the question, of course, then becomes any of these clubs that do manage to qualify for the playoffs, including us, will we be able to knock off Cincinnati? Will we be able to knock off Pittsburgh? Everything is possible. Not all things are probable. (laughs) 
Yes, having, <laughs> having played a poker tournament in Seattle over the um, over that weekend while I was up there, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> many not, things are possible, and many of those possible things did happen. Yeah, so not all hey. things are probable, but anything is possible. I mean, what have I said all year long? Like, soccer and sports in general are weird. Yes, <laughs> I mean. Earlier in the year, saying, you know, like, are we going to go on a run? Because we, we were very defeated, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. This team was wandering in the darkness for a long time. And somehow, some way, they were able to string things together. Like, w- w- during one part over the last few weeks, um, we had around a 10 match streak of five wins, three draws, and two losses, which is. That's a good. That's a good run. We would never have expected that to have happened. No. And it happened, and now here we are in eighth place. And I'm I'm just super stoked for the home match this weekend. And of course, we're finishing on the road at Matthews. Um, tough game in the midweek um, against Louisville. I mean, it's not against Louisville against uh, Nashville. And I mean, just anything is anything's possible. Everything's up for grabs, and I'm just really, really excited to see what's going to happen. But uh, the question I do wanna, is, who wants it the most? Exactly. I do want to go on a quick tangent, though. Um, so you mentioned uh, Rio's not starting as Charleston. He didn't start again um, on Saturday against um, Yeah, he has a hip Richmond. flexor at the moment, I believe. Okay. So that's why he's been out. Hopefully, he will be back and healthy you know, on Saturday because we could really use a quality striker on Saturday. And, you know, Donovan Awolo was great against Atlanta, too. Yeah. But... He hasn't done that much since. Right. But, you know, it's it's crazy because, like, you know, we've talked about the formation and us being FFFC. The 4-5-1 has really started to pay dividends, and it's Steinberger coming in. I mean, even still before then, it was starting to find its way, but the 4-5-1 really seems to have found its stride now. Stein by, Steinberger's presence has helped the 4-5-1 yeah. because he can play as sort of a, I don't want to say a false nine, but he sort of plays behind the striker yep. in that central midfield role. So it can become... Almost a four four one one, which you know might as well be a four four two. Yeah. At that point, so he's he's been a very good addition to this squad, and I would not be surprised if if that is the addition that propels us to the playoffs. It's fun, I love it. Um, okay, so Dead Whales at home this weekend against uh, New York Red Bulls. Yep. Too. Last home game, uh, Dave, you gonna be there? I will be there for this one. It's gonna be amazing. Um. All right, favorite Wales memory so far this year? Oh, man. At a, at a home match. At a home match, yeah. Because yeah. a, a lot of the, the best memories I think we would have had this year were against Matthews, and I was not there for either of those <laughs> matches. So, oh, this is going to sound kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. There was a moment when um, I was up on the capo stand, and I believe this was at a Dead Whales match, mm-hmm. and the the jumbotron was scanning fans, and they showed this this little like toddler practically, basically mm-hmm. with his hands over the gate and just kind of like looking over looking over the fence. Yeah. Basically, you could just see him sort of peering over, and it's just this redhead kid with freckles. And I turned to Ebony and said, "Oh, look, it's Ed Sheeran." <laughs> so, 
I don't. It, it's kind of bad to say that's one of my favorite memories. I'm pretty sure there's. I think a lot of the goals that we scored against Ottawa, or that that was kind of that was pretty cathartic. Mm-hmm. Getting you know getting as many goals as we did in that match. So. I asked the question. I had to think about it myself. My answer is the Louisville draw. Ooh, that's a good one. We had to come back from that. We had to come back because I I got to the match late, and Louisville scored right when I got there. And I just remember I climbed up on the capo stand for like the last half hour, and the whale scored. And I don't know. There was just such an, a giant amount of emotion. I remember. I think it was it was June. And it was when we still had the long days, right? Mm-hmm. And so we scored, and it was still evening. I remember that there was still like a little bit of a little bit of sunlight, which is cool. I don't like it that it's dark now so early. Um, but yeah, just watching the team fight back from behind and come out with the draw. It was a draw that felt like a win. And even the um, the Cincinnati match, the the two nil loss was a loss, but. We fought like hell, and the, you know. Now that you mentioned that one, getting under Ledesma's skin in yeah. that match was highly entertaining. It was one of the it was one of the bigger South Stand crowds that we had, and it was just a, a huge party, and it was so much fun. Yes, and that was I think those are some of my favorite memories this year. As it's, it's been so much fun, um, but yeah. So that'd be the last one. Come say hi. Uh, you know where we tailgate underneath the uh, the giant uh, statue. On the hill, the Moon Tower, is that what it's called? I believe I think. so. Yeah, it's weird. It's a cool statue. It's as an appropriate name as anything else when you yeah. think about it. The the abstract art thing, that's where we that's where yes. we tailgate. Okay, um, other things. Uh, Six-point weekend condenser cup um, was another match was played this weekend. Everton 3, Fulham 0. Uh, Fulham's very bad defensively. So, Dave, you are now in third place uh, behind Chuck and KP. I am now in last. Ebony moves up to fourth. Chuck still in first place. Two matches, two wins. Um, a 6-1 goal differential with six points for Spurs and the matches among the six-point weekend podcasters. Um, how are you feeling about Everton right now? They're mid-table. Yeah. They're mid-table. I mean, they, they will have their good games. They will have their bad games. They'll, they'll probably finish with about 50 or so points. Richarlison and- worth the money? We'll find out. I mean, at the start of the season, it seems like he has been, but you know, we know how he faded against Watford last year, yeah, or faded with Watford last, right. late last year. So, if he can go a full season performing the way he did at the start of the season, then yes, he would absolutely be worth the money. If not, well, we'll see. Um, Fulham positives. We started a fifteen, or well, didn't start him. We played a fifteen-year-old kid in the League Cup. Um, the Second youngest, I think either the youngest or second youngest. Um, no, he was the youngest player ever to appear in a League Cup match. He's 15 years old and some change. Um, Slavisa Jokanovic seems pretty, uh, pretty high on him going forward. But um, defensively, Fulham is very bad. And, I mean... Almost as bad as my fantasy team defensively. Man... Mm. Yeah, I mean, so... Off constantly lives up to its name. (laughs) People were thinking that we finished, like, 13th this year. I'm going to be really happy if we finish, like, 15th, if I'm really honest. If you're really honest, you'll be happy if they finish 17th, won't you? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I was thinking 17 was the last one. 20 minus 3 is 17. But, you know, 20, 19, 18. If we finish 17, 16th, I'll be completely fine because this team is great offensively. I've got great midfielders, got great forwards. But defensively, oh, they organize so badly. I don't even understand what in the world happened in between 22 unbeaten and Premier League. I understand it's different. And we went out and we spent a whole bunch of money in the summer. But I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, you have to be able to put together a great team. That's yep. the thing. Especially when you're at that level. You know, you have to be able to put together a team that can compete against you know, anyone on any day. And that's tough when you've got to go up against Manchester City and Chelsea and Manchester United and Tottenham and Arsenal and right. all of their money. Yep. Because they are rich. And Fulham really isn't. Yeah, on the positives, we did beat a Europa League team this year. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about Burnley? Yes, I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> are they still, still a Europa League team if they didn't actually qualify for the group stage? Um, they were in Europa. They they qualified for Europa. They, we, we beat a team that qualified for Europa, and I'm going to take that to the bank. Well, all right. That's, yeah. you know, take, take that as far as you can. I definitely will. Okay, um... We I'm didn't sure really there's a, a lot of uh, Utah Royals fans who will be taking stuff to the bank about the courage from this season. Yeah, but. we beat we beat yeah, tan, tangential champions. They beat us, tangential <laughs> champions. There you go. Congratulations to the Congratulations, Utah Royals, Utah the 2018 NWSL tangential champions. Wear that trophy with pride, <laughs> that non-existent trophy. Um, with pride. Okay, I guess uh, we kind of missed out on six on Ask 6PW this week, which is brought to you by London Bridge Pub. Um, so I just have like one one for you. Uh, do you buy soaps by color or by scent? Do I buy what? So hand soaps, you know, at like Target, Walmart, do you buy them by color or by scent? Usually by scent. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, sometimes I do go by color just because, like, you know, I have I have a blue I have a blue you know rug in this room. I want to get the blue soap to match it. And sometimes, you know, like you know, you get the blue one that's like an ocean scent or something like that. I got um, this pink one, just like a grapefruit. I mean, grapefruit's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually go for lack of scents myself, or I mean, part of it's also because we haven't actually bought soap in a while. My wife had this plan that she was going to buy all of these different bars of soap nice and cheap and then resell them for like two or three bucks. You know, she's, she's all on the Gary Vaynerchuk bandwagon. So there you go. she wants, you know, she's looking to, you know, get her hustle on as where she can. Unfortunately, nobody bought the soap. So now we just have ourselves a whole lot of bars of soap. So that's, which are actually very good. Yeah. They're very, they last a very long time. And so we're probably not going to have to buy soap for, Quite a while. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. Like, I stocked up on a whole bunch of stuff before Florence, and then Florence didn't hit us as hard as I was expecting, and so I still have all of this stuff. What, what, what was your favorite hurricane snack? Um, All-dressed ruffles. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, those are always, always on point. Um, I went with the Chex Mix myself. Ooh. I went a little overboard on that. So What flavor? Um, I just just went classic. Yeah, classic. Keep it simple. That's the way to go. Um. Okay. Although those turned out, it turned out to be fairly. All the hurricane snacks turned out to be fairly useful uh, when we got on the airplane to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. Because then you can just, you know, you can just load up and you don't have to worry about, you know, not not eating 
at any point along the way. The tiny bag of pretzels, of which I am grateful for, um, but the tiny bag of pretzels, right? Look, as long as they give me the ginger ale on the plane, that's all I care about. Yes, yes, that's the most important part. You've got to have the ginger ale on the plane. That is that is the perfect drink for any airline trip. Everything else, forget it. Okay, um, since we're on this, I just want to talk about when I was on my way back to Raleigh on a work trip, um, I had like we had a connector, and we ended up making the last flight in from Charlotte, uh, Charlotte to here, and we were flying out of Charlotte at like nine o'clock, ten o'clock on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, something like that. It's 10 o'clock, you know, stewardess coming around, oh, you know, what would you like to drink? Dude, two aisles in front of me, Heineken. 10 o'clock in the morning. Heineken? <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> ten o'clock blue ribbon. 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, dude, party hard. Go get it. <laughs> Go get it. Um, I will never forget that. It was one of the funniest things. I'm like... A morning Heineken, huh? It's the one of, like I've I, I rarely see morning beers from people who aren't watching soccer, and there it was on the flight. Hey, more power to them. Yep. Um, one more ask six BW. Um, fall cocktail. Ooh, wifey and I have a very good one actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep it simple. Yep. We get a bottle of uh, pumpkin. Southern Ooh. tier pumpkin ale. So I think I, I, I like where this is going. Yeah, one part pumpkin. Yeah, one part either sparkling apple cider yeah. or hard apple cider. Yeah, mix in, um, sprinkle on a little cinnamon and drop a cinnamon stick right in uh, the middle of it. Um, London. We, we had we we first tried that out uh, during a road trip in Asheville, and it was. Very, very nice. London Bridge Pub, a few years back, actually were selling um, pumpkin snake bites here. Ooh. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember which pumpkin ale it was with, but they had they had pumpkin snake bites. You know what? I'm going to go buy some cider, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to start making some snake bites. That's what I need to do with some pumpkin, because yes. that, is, that is the way to go. Um, I'm a simple man. Cider and Fireball. It's easy. Um, that'll talk, do. That'll do the trick. Yeah. Talking about fall beers, though. Um, you know what my favorite one is, hands down, besides Pumpkin, which I found out was very good. Mm-hmm. But ever since I moved here to North Carolina, and I've been, um, I've been legal drinking age since I've been here. You got Big Boss. You got Harvest Time. Ooh. I yes. love Harvest Time. Harvest good. Time. Harvest like. Big Boss's winter beers, Harvest Time, you get Aces and Eights as well. Aces and Eights is the bomb. <laughs> Dude. That is as fine a stout as you will drink. Yeah, this is um Six Point Week in the Food Podcast. Never forget that this is, that yes. this is actually a food podcast. And a beer podcast. And a beer, and podcast. A beer podcast. Shout out to uh, Tasty Bev and Johnny. Um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that wraps up Ask 6BW for this I week. I think so. Yeah. Think um, so. It's brought to you by London Bridge Pub. Um and I think, uh, and brought to you by our friends at Tasty Beverage Company. Hell yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is the part where we say goodbye now, right? 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Might as well. Um, well, let's always remind you of who brings us here today. This is Six Point Weekend, and we are sponsored by Tasty Beverage Company. We love those guys so much. Yes, we much. do. So They're much. They're so great. Um, you can visit them here in downtown Raleigh, in Warehouse District. Ebony always provides the address. I forget what the address is, but I will tell you, it's in the Warehouse District next to uh, Boxcar. And yeah, right across the street from Boxcar. Yep, and the pit. That's how you can always find it. Tasty Beverage Company, tastybeverageco.com. Hashtag kiss the 10. Hashtag kiss the 10. Hell yeah. Uh, we're also a part of the beautiful game network. That's at bgn.fm. Friends of the pod, soccer and sweet tea. Hashtag SNST fam. Um, if you like what we do on this uh, beautiful express edition of Six Point Week, I think it's the third time we've done this this year. I think so. Yeah. Um, you can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Six Point Weekend. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, facebook.com slash Six Point Weekend at Six Point Weekend elsewhere. Um, and this is Six Point Weekend brought to you by Hot Dogs, the official sandwich of Six Point Weekend. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, you missed out on this last week. So we talked about the whole um, USL rebrand, and people were talking about ProRail, NoRail. Hot dog, ProRail, NoRail. ProRail. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go. Um, how do you feel about neon green relish? Not sure I would eat anything that's neon. <laughs> If it's glowing, I just, I, I, you know, it just reminds me too much of the, the, the jellyfish you see way down deep in the bottom of the ocean that have that bioluminescence in them. And it's like I don't know what's in that bioluminescence, so I'm not sure I want to eat it. As an Illinois, I'm, a, I'm a required by law to eat neon green relish. If it's ever presented to me, I'm to eat it. So it's just the way it goes. You realize there's someone in OCS that's going to remember that. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. It's relish. It's good. Um, but yeah, this is where we say goodbye. I'm Jonathan. That's I'm Dave. Dave. Bye, Dave. Peace!